from India's largest newsroom, I'm Arun George, and this is the Times of India podcast. Summer still to set in, but the cola wars have already begun. Coca-Cola reduced the price of its smallest bottle by five rupees. The reason? Camper Cola, which once tried to replace it, is coming back this year through its new owner. We're bringing back this episode we done last year on the revival of Camper Cola. Search Camper Cola ad on YouTube. And this is the video that pops up. It's said to be the first time a gangly 15-year-old named Salman Khan featured on screen. And it was perhaps a sign of things to come, given he was shirtless even in the ad. But today's episode isn't about the actor, but the brand he was endorsing. Camper Cola had the two C's in its name shaped just like those in the brand of cola it was trying to replace. Coca-Cola. Right after the US giant exited India, Camper Cola tried to be its worthy successor. As we all know now, it didn't really work out. Nearly four decades later, Reliance Retail seems set to revive the brand after buying it from its original makers for 22 crore rupees. Vikram Doctor is one of the finest writers on food in India, and recently he wrote a column for TY Plus about the history, death, and resurgence of Camper Cola. We asked him if he was surprised by Reliance's decision to acquire this long dead brand. Yeah, I must admit I was really surprised. I didn't even know who owned the brand and why Reliance was going to like uh, develop it. It's really interesting. I mean, it shows that Reliance is serious about developing its FMCG uh, portfolio. It also comes at a really interesting time for Reliance when, you know, uh, Mukesh Ambani is handing over to our next generation with his kids. One gets a sense that he is, you know, developing many options for them to develop and see what works for them. So, yeah, it's 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 very interesting. In today's episode, my colleague Jairaj Singh and I are speaking with Vikram Doctor about the history of Camper Cola and what explains the enduring success of colas. But we started off with the absolute basics for a generation that doesn't even know Camper Cola. Vikram, I'm going to start with asking a question that uh, like an 80s kid would ask. For, a, for me, I don't know what Camper Cola is. Uh, <laughs> could you start by just describing what it's like? Because I grew up with thumbs up. So what was Camper Cola like? I mean, you know, after all these years, even I can't remember like the taste. It was a cola. And honestly, at some level, I really find this mystique of the different tasting colas um, a, a bit overhyped. I mean, the fact that there's something, some cola is so much better than the other that you're going to love it forever um, is, is sort of nuts. But, you know, this, this is part of the way the whole cola uh, experience has been built up. Uh, I was trying to find out when these colas were actually launched, both thumbs up 
and Campacola. And there's some mystery about this because, you know, there was this story that we were all told about as a kid about how even before Coca-Cola came to India, which was around 1950, 1951, this Indian entrepreneur, sometimes the Chauhan, sometimes Charanjit Singh, had come up with a cola which was so much better than Coca-Cola that Coca-Cola paid uh, the entrepreneur to lock up the formula in his, in his uh, safe and not launch it in India until, you know, Coca-Cola went. There was this idea that there was always this better, superior Indian cola, which Coca-Cola suppressed. You know, it shows how this myth-making about cola began from a really early time. I mean, in a sense, Coca-Cola did come and we are in this phase now where we believe that we've always had the answers. It's just that we've not been allowed to talk about it to the world and it's always been locked up somewhere. Yeah, and, and again, this mystique of the Coca-Cola formula, which, you know, was so important in the 1970s. Um, the, the fact that George Fernandez, a, a minister in the union government, took up this huge panga with like Coca-Cola and demanded that they hand over the formula. And Coca-Cola refused and, and preferred to pull out of India. And that actually is also part of Coca-Cola's international mystique, that the formula is so precious that they, they would give up a market like India rather than share the formula. Now, the thing is, the basics of the formula have long been known, not because anybody has the actual formula, but simply by checking the buying patterns uh, of, of the inputs. And, you know, based on the, on the spice combinations that Coca-Cola buys from the international market, a basic formula has been known for like ages. Essentially, what Coca-Cola and all colas are is a citrus drink with a sort of extra bunch of spices and a lot of caramel, which gives it the black, the, the, the black coloring. And that's the basics of cola. And everything else is just tinkering with the formulas uh, slightly. But yet, this idea of this huge mystique is there. And that is, is where the marketing comes in. And why, in a way, as I said in the article that I wrote, the colas are really an example of pure marketing. I mean, with other products like soap or, you know, foods, etc., there are physical needs. You know, we need to have them and uh, uh, marketing adds on. Whereas all the colas are products created by pure marketing. And um, that's what is, is, is so important in their mystique. Like you said, the mystique of Campo Cola arises from the fact that it also is considered this drink that came when Coca-Cola shifted out. But they were intrinsically linked to Coca-Cola as well, right? That's partly why Campo Cola was such an early success. I mean, uh, Pure Foods, Sharanji Singh of Pure Foods was the uh, Indian franchisee for Coca-Cola. So I don't think they started in the 1950s, but sometime in the 1960s, they, they, they took over the, the dealership for Coca-Cola. So once the Janta government came in and started talking about like kicking out uh, Coca-Cola, uh, Charanjit Singh uh, was, was perfectly positioned uh, to move in because he knew the business. He knew the dealers. Uh, the, the really key thing was the, the, was the logistics because keep in mind at that time, we didn't have uh, plastic bottles. So basically, the way to get these colas was through the glass bottles. And the glass bottles were pretty expensive in themselves. So you had to have this reverse uh, flow. And I don't know if you, if you remember this, uh, where, where you, know, you, you would get the glass bottles yes. and, you, and then you have to give them back. <laughs> yes. you know? And you got trinkets in return. <laughs> and the first time you got it, you had to give a slight deposit and, uh, to the Kirana shop and things like that. What uh, Charanjit Singh had mastered was that whole logistic system of sending the glass bottles and getting them back. And you know, one example of how important the glass bottles were that a very classic tactic of the early cola wars was simply to break your competitors' bottles. Um, because by breaking the bottles, uh, you know, you added to their cost because then they had to like pay for the cost of, of the new bottles. 
and yet despite being this sort of desi cola which has its secret formula and everything why didn't camper cola work a couple of reasons you know uh, one is a, a, a camper cola was mostly centered around delhi uh, delhi and and the and the adjoining like uh, uh, territories um and it's true that delhi was a much larger part of the marketing uh, universe at, at, at that time smaller towns smaller cities uh, had not really become the powerhouses that they are today so uh, by controlling the delhi market uh, charanjit singh did control uh, a lot but even then outside delhi camper was never really big i mean i grew up in south india where it was not very common uh, in bombay very quickly the chauhans uh, moved to take uh, to, to have thumbs up control the market and ramesh chauhan just basically outdid charanjit singh at his own game for one thing he remained focused on the business uh, i think the big mistake charanjit singh did was that he got distracted by too many things he got into politics he was an mp uh, he had all this real estate businesses going along built uh, the la meridian um, you know for the asiad so he got involved in all these side businesses and also in politics which put him in the crosshairs when the janta government came to power so i think it's really simply that a he was too focused on delhi and b he got distracted by uh, politics and real estate and a whole bunch of other things and he died very young around 52 year, uh, years old so then i mean it you know you see camper cola kind of vanishing as leher pepsi and then coca cola returns right uh, why didn't it have a shot ever after that charanjit singh died very young he died at 52 and after that there was this big family feud which pretty much split, split the business i mean uh, he had tried uh, tying up with cadbury schweppes earlier to which and remember cadbury schweppes was the third largest uh, uh, soda manufacturer in, in in the world at that time he thought that would be his his future he, he would uh, distribute cadbury schweppes uh, so, uh, uh, soft drinks but very quickly within about 2 3 years he uh, landed up in a feud with cadbury schweppes and it became part of the family feud the, the brother tried tried taking over the the cadbury schweppes side of the business and as i said then he died at just 52 whereas ramesh chauhan has just lasted even once he sold colas he remained in in the drinks business by uh, by developing bisneri you know given india's love for thumbs up which still continues to occupy uh, a place of its own among uh, the cola drinkers uh, you know old monk and thumbs up is still right. the preferred drink yeah what um it seems a nostalgia is very much inbuilt to our tastes at least for the colas i mean nostalgia is a huge force in marketing across the world um and i think uh, marketers have become very savvy about this social media has just multiplied this because you know people become nostalgic about brands that that, that they had when like just 15 years or 10 15 years ago and marketers are, are actively playing with this you know every every time they threaten to withdraw something and then this huge like campaign springs up on social media no bring this back bring this back and it's a great marketing tactic but i suppose it also shows that the importance of brands have in in, in building our, our our lives and how much they mean for us you know as we grow up especially brands that we consumed as as kids these were the first products that we were given to uh, to consume uh, ourselves is something special for for ourselves i mean i i gave that example of of uh, that film photograph where uh, the the heroine of the film uh, remembers being being bought a campa cola every day by her, her grandfather and after he died which coincidentally was around the time campa cola also shut its shop she's never drunk another cola drink 
मैंने देखा कि आप कोला नहीं पीती and the the film which was produced by ritesh batra uh, has a whole subplot about the hero tries to keep trying to find one last bottle of campa cola to give her so it it's that i guess it 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 recalls our youth our uh, times that in retrospect were happy and shows the powers that brands have how has cola repositioned itself in an age where we're now talking about addiction we're talking about the 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 ills of of consuming so much processed sugar you will notice the cola category as a whole is is less important now it's not as important in in our uh, you know marketing in the portfolio of brands of products that we buy as it was in the in the days when campa cola was launched now we have so many other things to spend on we have so many other drinks to spend on the big changes in recent years has been the launch of things like paperboat uh, which have come up with desi drinks which appeal to like a different kind of of no, of nostalgia and also uh, now there are uh, there are uh, sugar free drinks and it'll be really interesting to see if reliance will develop a sugar free version of campa cola which never existed earlier uh, it'll be a sign of how serious reliance is about campa cola that uh, are they going to keep it like thumbs up as this one iconic sort of product which will have a niche market but not a huge market or if they're going to develop a diet version which might show that they're really serious about it becoming larger the medicinal properties of cola drinks have been around for so long you know people continue to think that it's actually a great summer drink has that been busted you know they started off as health drinks i mean it started off in the 19th century as uh, drinks that were concocted by people trying to sell patent medicines uh, coca cola was was launched as a as a sort of drink by john pemberton who was a, a veteran of the of the civil war and had he had he had suffered really severe wounds in the civil war so he you know he he lived in pain for a long time so he wanted drinks that would help uh, which would have drugs that would help him like dull his pain hence he used things like cocaine uh, and and cola nuts and things like that which would help him be, so you know that was his his reason for developing coca cola pepsi cola uh, was 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 launched as the name suggests to deal with dyspepsia seven up Uh, uh one forgets originally contained lithium salts uh which are pr- prescribed for depression the origins of many of these drinks are, are like really weird but basically they took off uh because they were sweet and then they they, they were carbonated and uh, I, i guess they do provide energy i remember in south africa uh finding a lot of you know really poor people their lunches would often be just a loaf of bread and a and a, and a bottle of coke and that's what gives them energy sugar and carbs and where do you see colas going from here like do they survive or will they do you see them at some point dying out no, I, i don't think they'll die out clearly they are still tasty enough and you know, there there's uh, enough marketing push behind them to keep them growing but if you look at it they really share the sort of uh, shelves now with such a wide range of drinks i mean uh, the colas themselves have had to come up with diet versions for most of the products uh, brands like paperboat have have shown the potential of of traditional indian drinks also keep in mind that one very basic reason why these drinks have survived in india is because they they seen a safe to drink We, you know in in a country where where so much of our water is still uh, are seen as unsafe to drink uh, a very very big reason for drinking colas is because they they they're seen as safe and yes it's true that you know the whole bottled water market has developed but there are always stories about you know we we see how somebody filling bottled water from the tap and things like that whereas a cola drink is harder to fake in that sense 
uh, many salesmen, you know, who go out into the in the fields have to have, have told me that, you know, as far as possible, we try and only drink colas because we know that's that's not going to give us an upset stomach. Tourists are always told, like, you know, don't drink the water, drink drink colas. Um, among the people who died in the car crash along with Cyrus Mistry was uh, Dinshaw. Of, of Dukes, yeah. Yes, and, and yeah. this brought back some attention on Dukes, uh, Duke and Sons. The, the yeah. And I think this was the first uh, first soda drink of India, if I'm not mistaken. Parsis uh, were, were some of the first to get into developing the soda business in India. Hence, uh, that sort of uh, cliched name, Soda Bottle Wala, which is actually exists. I mean, Soda Bottle Openawala does not exist. I mean, Soda Wala is an established Parsi name. And in places like Bombay, it's, it's true that, um, you know, once uh, the idea, the, the carbonation business uh, began in the late uh, uh, 19th century, uh, Parsi entrepreneurs were the first to, to, uh, to, to bring it uh, to uh, India and establish it in places uh, like Bombay and also hill stations. Uh, Mathiran, uh, which is where the British would go to like relax, became really big places to have uh, this carbonated soda business. So uh, actually, uh, I think even before Dukes, there was Rogers, which still exists, uh, I, I, I think. Um, and Rogers was probably the first soda brand. Um, and Dukes came later. But you know, the thing about Dukes is Dukes was actually more famous uh, for Mangola, which was not a carbonated drink. It was a mango drink. Um, and there was a whole mystique about how they only used Alfonso mango pulp uh, for it. Uh, so uh, Dukes was famous for Mangola, which was not carbonated. And it was famous for three or four uh, other drinks, which were very popular in the Parsi community in Bombay. There was an ice cream soda, which was basically a sweet soda. There was a ginger ale, which was like vile. It was like medicinal and like caught you by the throat and made you, made you choke. It was like really strong. You had to be a a real lover of it to drink. And there was this intensely sweet, intensely pink raspberry soda, uh, which you would only get at Parsi weddings. It was this whole mystique at, at Parsi weddings. You would get like uh, all these drinks. And I think they're still produced in a small way, uh, just pretty much for the Parsi wedding market. This is what's interesting that, you know, despite all the cola wars and despite like all these gigantic companies, uh, local colas have are still there. I mean, if you go into uh, Gujarat, you will still get uh, Wimto, and, and things like that. If you go to South, to South India, you will get Bobonto, which was a sort of weird, really weird cola with a sort of grape flavor. I live in Goa and, you know, I live a stone's throw away from a soda factory. Every morning I can see them loading crates of soda, but also flavored sodas, which are only sold in this Anjuna, Vagator-like area. But it's evidently enough demand uh, to, keep, to keep them going. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathe, and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas, and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at typodcast at timesinternet.in.